0: How many of you made it out tonight of worship the other? Uh, my goodness, we had some great miracle signs and wonders. I mean, the glory of God fell in a wonderful, tangible way. People were healed miraculously. One lady, I didn't know who she was, but she came forward. she apparently had broken her leg and had severe pain in her body ever since. And uh, so anyway, we just took a moment, laid hands just like the Bible says on those, and uh, she took off running. Back and forth, you know, she just took off running. She couldn't do that. Her daughter said, I haven't seen her run in a long time. She took off running back and forth here, and uh, she said the pain is completely gone. I mean, that's just God for you. That's just God. We received a phone call this week on a lady who had been diagnosed in pancreatic cancer, one of the last stages of cancer that she had. Uh, sent, uh, you know, to do everything she could. The hospital, there really wasn't a whole lot they could offer her anymore. She started coming to the church about well, maybe six months ago. And uh, so I started, I heard about the, uh, the diagnosis, and so I started reaching out to her and imparting to her, just by the grace of God, healing teachings. And she had never heard that God still heals today. And so for about three, four, five months, I've been mentoring calling about maybe once a week and just getting her fed on spiritual food, on healing. Uh, This week, she went in to the hospital, and she came out with a clean report. There's no more cancer in her body. Amen? That's God. That's God for you. Her liver, everything has been totally restored. There's not a sign that there was ever cancer in her body. So God's a good God. He's a faithful God. And he has no respect to persons what he's done for her. He will certainly do for anyone else who needs a miracle today. So it's a blessing to have you with. And we believe that God will do exactly what he wants to do in your life today. And I believe you'll go home better off than you were before. So, well, let's take a moment. Let's pray. And let's just believe God that he'll just impart to us what we need to learn and receive today. Father, we just love you. We appreciate you. And we ask that you'd open our eyes of our understanding. Open the ears to hear your word. And to give us a heart to believe and to receive all that you have for us. And we'll give you all the glory and all the honor for everything that you impart into our lives. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. I want to talk to you today about perfectly safe. That God's very desire, his nature, is to protect his people. God is passionate about protecting his people. You know, Amy and I and our children each night, we take a few moments to read Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. And we actually have it memorized. We've meditated it for so many years that we just quote it, uh, even though I believe it's important to fix our eyes on the scriptures as well. Uh, But each night we'll do Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. The kids do it with us. And so it's kind of our nightly ritual. And I believe that it works. Amen. Amen. I believe that Psalm 23 and Psalm 91 work. When we work it, it works. And so I believe that uh, we can have what we say, and God has been faithful to protect us uh, over all these years, and I believe that he's desiring to protect his church. But how many know in these last days, there's ten thousands of reasons why people could just die instantly today? Um, the stuff that's in the air, the things that are going on, I mean, just if it wasn't for God keeping us, there's no reason for any of us to be here still today. Uh, He holds the next breath that we breathe. He's a good and faithful God. And even though, like Psalm 91, verse 7, it says that a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it shall not come near us. But how many know that that's not happening all over the world? There will be over 155,000 people, more than that possibly now, uh, that will die in the next 24 hours. And some of them will be dying of premature death. Now, we know that God's desire and His will is for us to live long and to be satisfied, correct? Psalm 91, verse 16 says exactly that. Psalm 91, verse 16 says, With long life He will satisfy us and show us His salvation. Well, if you're thinking, well, that's just an Old Testament scripture, you can fast forward into Ephesians chapter 6. I didn't put that up there for you today. But you can see that as long as we honor our parents, that things will go well for us and that we'll live long and be satisfied. He'll show us His salvation. So that means if you're not satisfied, you shouldn't be going home premature. Now, as Christians, we're in a win win situation whether we live or die, right? So even if we go to the other side, like the Apostle Paul said, that is even better because he gets to be with Christ. Now, he, gets, he made a decision in the book of Philippians to stay longer because he knew that the needs of the people, that he, the people needed him. So he chose to stick here longer for a reason. But the promises are yes and amen, and one of the promises that we are guaranteed from God and his word is long life. There was a family here that attends this church a few years back. They started coming to our church shortly, it seemed like uh, shortly after we started the church, and they had been uh, born and raised, you could say, spiritually under a lot of the same teachers that we were, and so they had heard about longevity and the protection, the favor, and the blessings of God. Uh, but one day, a terrible accident happened, and the situation was an accident, a vehicle accident, where a semi hit her, and uh, It looked like it was a devastating, devastating situation. In fact, when the state trooper arrived on the scene, he assumed it was a DOA, which means dead on arrival. So they just went to work doing what they could with the vehicle situation and all that, just make sure traffic and everything is blocked and protected and, and so on. To make a long story short, somebody heard the woman that was in the car. And so they quickly brought the rescue team on the scene to get her out of that car as fast as possible. Uh, because the vehicle was so damaged, they couldn't find any ID in her purse or couldn't even find her purse for that matter. Uh, but they quickly got her into the hospital. So she was a Jane Doe situation. Nobody knew who she was. But her son-in-law, who uh, soon-to-be son-in-law, who worked at the hospital, he had just finished his shift. And he decided he was just going to check in and just make sure that there was nothing more that was needed before he left for the day. When he came into the scene and saw her being brought in, he quickly recognized, that's my future mother-in-law. And he said, I know exactly who that is. You have a phone number? Yes. So the husband was contacted immediately. The husband came very quickly to the hospital, laid hands on her, prayed for her, and prayed for healing and longevity and so on. Well, after the x-rays, uh, they looked like a horrible, horrible situation, many broken bones and fractures, and uh, including a broken neck. So the concern by the time we got the emergency call, uh, it was a concern not so much of the families. The family was standing in faith, but the concern was will she be a paralytic for the rest of her life if she lives? And so thankfully the family had been born and raised on the teaching that with long life, God will satisfy us and show us his salvation They understood the promises of God. So the husband stood in faith. The family were standing in faith, which makes my job so much easier, standing in faith, uh, not having to encourage them and build them up. They were just strong believers already. Well, to make a long story short, with the fractures and everything else, it was just, again, one of those moments where it's like, will she ever be able to walk? But three to four weeks later, Shelly Yang and her husband walked through the church doors. Would you please stand, Shelly? Terry, would you stand? John, Heather, would you please stand? Would you all stand up here? Would you turn around and let the audience see you guys? Now that's God. When they went back in, of course, to do x-rays, the doctor was looking and examining the x-rays very closely, and he was frustrated. And Shelly noticed that he was frustrated, and she was a nurse herself. So she said, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he said, well, you know where your neck was broken? He said, I cannot find anywhere where it had been fractured even. And she said, that's because God has healed me. And he said, that must be true because things like this don't just happen. She's a living miracle today, but it's because they feed on the faithfulness of God. They understand that with long life, he will satisfy us and show us his salvation. And God is no respecter of persons, and he wants to do what he's done for Shelley. He wants to do for any one of us. God wants to protect you and preserve your life and to give you long life. Isaiah 54, verse 17, it says, God said, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes reveals to us multiple ways that we can add years to our life. There's wisdom in the Bible to preserve our life, to protect our life, to add life to our uh, time here on earth. So the God reveals certain things, and Psalm 91, going back to that, it, it shows us that submission is one of those important factors. So when you look at Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, We shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That means we're submitted to him. That means we're staying under his shadow. That means we're not just going anywhere we want to go. We're staying submitted to the Lord and following his will each and every single day. Because if you get out of the perfect will of God, I don't care if you're looking at it. Okay, this looks like the safest community to live. I think I'm going to go there and live in that community. If that's not where God's called you to live, but he's called you to live on the front lines in Iraq or anything like that. I'm talking you will be in the safest place if you're in the will of God. But you get out of the will of God, and I don't care how safe it looks like. A bus could hit you. Anything can happen outside of the will of God. So that's why it says, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So what God is saying is that we've got to stay in submission to his leading, to his Holy Spirit. So there's multiple ways that we can preserve our life, but the one thing that you'll find is that God puts a, force shield better than star trek or star wars he puts this invisible shield all around us and that's the only reason why we are still here today because god is protecting us if it was up to the enemy we'd have all been gone a long time ago john ten ten makes it clear that thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus says i have come to give you life and life more abundantly so the only reason that you and i are here and living today is because somebody's been praying for you And even if you didn't have understanding of what I'm talking about today, and maybe this is a subject that you've never even heard about, and you've never heard talked about from a pulpit before. God's been merciful, because how many know that it's the lack of knowledge that my people perish? You know what I'm saying? God says in his word that it's because of the lack of knowledge that my people perish. God doesn't want any to perish. The Bible makes that clear. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants to preserve them, protect them, to give them long life, to satisfy them. He wants to bless them, to prosper them. But how many also know that what church you go to and what teaching you're listening to on a regular, consistent basis can literally mean a world of difference? Now, Amy and I don't claim to know everything about the Bible. But what we know works, we work it. And what we're doing in our marriage and our family... We're applying not only in our family, but we're applying in the church and we're imparting to you what God has taught us. But if you hear someone say, God gives and God takes away, or God needs another angel in heaven, and that's why that little girl died premature, that little boy died premature, that is not biblical. Sometimes people say, well, Job said it. Well, Job. <laughs> Job was one of the first books in the Bible that was written. He was just saying it. He wasn't saying this is sound doctrine or theology. He only had a certain amount of light. Now, there's some things that we can learn about Job, isn't there? Because in Job, it actually says that God put a hedge of protection around Job. For Job experienced he experienced a protection, a force shield around him for years and years and years. In Job chapter 1, verse 10, it says God had built a hedge around Job. The message translation reads, No one has ever had it so good you make sure nothing bad ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. Satan himself knew God had put a force shield, an invisible line, all around Job. Now we also understand in Job chapter 3, verse 25, the things that Job greatly feared came upon him. Now Job was a righteous man. His heart was right with God. But how many know that your heart can be right with God, but your head can be totally wrong? And that's why the Apostle Paul says that you've got to renew your mind in the Word of God. Not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed through the power and the renewal of the Word of God. And the more we do this, the more we start thinking and acting like God, and the more we start thinking and acting and talking like God, we're going to start getting God kind of results. And that's what God is after. Your ways are not my ways, my thoughts, <laughs> they're not your thoughts. So in other words, don't stay where you're at. Come on up with me. Learn from me. For my ways are the right ways. He is the truth, the way, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And when people come to know and embrace the truth, it's the knowledge of the truth that sets us free. It's the knowledge of the truth that sets us free. The land of Goshen, the Egyptians versus Israel, you see this force shield. I'm going to talk for just a minute, and this is, I wasn't really planning on going here with this. But there's something I think we need to understand, because the Old Testament examples are examples to us still today, are they not? And that's why the New Testament actually says, the Old Testament characters, all these different things, things that they did right, things that they did wrong, they're examples for us to learn from still today. So the, the Bible talks about, listen, in one day, thousands of people died because of sexual immorality. Thousands of them died. In other words, they, and so the Apostle Paul is saying: In other words, learn from them; don't fall into the same trap. This is the same stuff that Satan's doing that he did thousands of years ago. There's no tricks, new tricks under the sun. There's also another concept that he says: Because of murmuring, they a whole bunch of them, thousands of them died in the wilderness because of complaining. Because you can't be in faith and complain at the same time. Murmuring. And doubt go hand in hand. And that's why God is saying, you've got to learn to stop complaining. Because in one day, in other words, learn from them, thousands of them have died. Because fear is what connects us. Murmuring, complaining is what connects us. Doubt and unbelief is what connects us to the enemy who's trying to still kill and destroy. So learn from the Old Testament examples. Don't complain. Don't murmur. How do you do that? You know, you hear me say on a regular basis at High Point Church, we are the thankful, grateful generation rising up, taking its place. Amen? Amen. There's a reason I'm doing that, because I'm trying to get a renewal of mine into all of us. that You know what? We are the thankful, grateful generation rising up. In other words, let's start counting our blessings one by one. Because if we start focusing on the things that we do have in life, rather than the things we don't have in life, we'll become very grateful and we'll activate our faith again, because it's so easy. Anybody in the world can complain and murmur. Anybody, I mean, especially in our generation, we are hearing sarcasm and criticism and negative stuff constantly, 24-7. So that gravitational pull is pulling God's people down where God's saying, don't go with them. Don't conform to the ways of the world. You come up to my ways. In Romans chapter 1, it says, because they were ungrateful, they were unthankful, and they stopped giving glory to the Lord, the Lord just said, fine. Have it your way, and they ended up destroying themselves once again. Because they were what? Not thankful. If we just purpose every single day to wake up and say, I'm going to be the most thankful person that's ever lived on this earth, you will hit the target every time. If you focus on just being grateful and thankful rather than complaining and murmuring, I'm telling you, you'll keep yourself out of the evil one. Because when you keep yourself in love, the evil one cannot touch you, the Apostle John says. And how do you stay walking... In faith, faith works through what? Love. And when you realize how awesome our God really is, you may not have everything. You may not be where you want to be, but you're certainly not where you once were. Look at how far God has brought you. You're here today. You're in church. There's people all around that, if they knew you, John, if they knew you and they knew your past and you said, I'm at High Point Church today, they would laugh at you. You at church? Yep, you may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you once were. And it's time to be grateful and thankful for how far God has brought us. He is the author and finisher of our faith and what he's begun in us, he will complete it and finish to the end as long as we keep an attitude of gratitude because our attitude of gratitude determines our altitude in life, amen? God is desiring to say, come fly with me, you're an eagle born, you're not a duck, you're an eagle It's time to come fly with me and the soar with the chickens and the roosters and everybody are crowing at you and all the crows and all these buzzards and all these animals that are just trying to pull you down. What does the eagle do? It flies higher, doesn't it? Because those uh, roosters and chickens and turkeys and even the crows that pick on the eagle, they can't get as high as an eagle can. Jets have seen eagles at 30 and 40,000 feet high. Other birds cannot go that high. God has created you to be an eagle, so come up with him. Your attitude of gratitude will indeed determine your altitude in life and will help you stay perfectly safe. In Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8, God's your guardian right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. God's very desire is to keep you perfectly safe in these last days. When a thousand falls at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, it shall not come near you. And when you hold on to the promises of God, yes, you may even see team members, you may see loved ones fall, but it does not have to happen to you. God's very desire is to keep you perfectly safe. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, it says, when I lie down, I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe. What an awesome, awesome thought. And you can see in God's ideal plan, Psalm 23, one of those popular passages, often read at memorial services. Appropriate, yes, I think it's great. But did you know that scripture is for here now? The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul for his name's sake. Yea, though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. The presence of your enemies are not in heaven. There are no enemies in heaven. God wants to bless you and vindicate you and restore you and protect you here on the earth in front of your enemies. And they'll be crying and you'll be laughing. You know, sometimes you just have to say to the devil, because you know that there's an invisible force shield all around you, you just have to say sometimes, nah, 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 you can't get me. (laughs) You know, sometimes we just need to antagonize him, because if he could, he would have already killed you a long time ago, but you're still here for a reason. God has been preserving you and protecting you. Now he needs you to make sure that you're developing your faith in this area. Because as you develop your faith, I'm not just talking about in salvation. Glory to God, we're going to be with Jesus one day. But we need to build our faith spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, socially, we need to understand longevity is part of our covenant. We need to understand protection is part of our covenant. We need to understand that provision, prosperity is part of our covenant. Healing is part of our covenant. But we need to establish our faith because when the will of God is known, our faith will be established. But if you don't know the will of God and doctrine comes flying through the pulpits all across the world saying, well, God gives and he takes away. He needed another angel in heaven. And that's why your baby girl died and went home. That makes me so righteously angry when a good and well-meaning man of God says something like that, but it destroys, and I've seen people go so, get so bitter at God because the truth is not being revealed. And I know they mean well, and they're just trying to make the person feel better. But God is not the thief. The rod and staff are there to comfort us, not to beat us. He's there to beat the wolf off. That's why it comforts you and me. God wants you to be comforted knowing that he will protect you. You just stay under the shadow of the Almighty. He is your refuge and your fortress. When you walk with Jesus in the cool of the night or in the dark of the night, He is with you, and you will fear no evil, because he is the good shepherd. Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Kind of just want to say, you know, just right there. God has a desire to keep you safe and safe pasture, green grass. Tummy's full that you're lying down at noonday because you can't eat anymore. You're stuffed. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Jesus prayed himself in John chapter 17, verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you keep that you should keep them from the evil one. From the evil one. Feed on his faithfulness. Psalm 37, verse 3 in the New King James Version, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. God is faithful even when we've been faithless. Last year, we were teaching on a series on divine protection. And there was one of our leaders here in this church. He was on his way home from Montana, out horseback riding, had the horse trailer and everything with him. And he's on his way back from Montana with a family friend. And on the way back in the middle of the night, his truck, this has never happened, never has happened since. But his truck going at 60, 65 miles per hour, whatever it was on the road that he's at, immediately just shut down. And it just wouldn't pick up any speed. It, went, it just set, kept dialing down, going slower and slower and slower. And he's like, what in the world is going on in the middle of the night with the horse trailer and everything? And just right when he's coming around the road, he had, his confidence had been soaring on the protection of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God. As he was coming around the bend here in the middle of the road were three Big deer. His speedometer had gotten so low that he was able to, you know, slow completely down until the road cleared of the animals. To make a long story short, as soon as the deer crossed the road, guess what happened to the truck? Started right back up. That's John Medine. He's back in the sand booth today. His life has been preserved. Those deer could have went through the windshield. Anything could have happened. It could have been a horrible mess. His son, Drew Medine, two days ago, similar situation, on a way back from a concert. Driving down the road, listening to a message, No slaver, no, no Longer Slaves, by Jonathan. And, and he was just listening to this great song that we've seen here in church. And he was ministering to a man that he's been witnessing to for some time. And as they were listening to this song, No Longer Slaves, all of a sudden, he saw some deer up in the road, so he started slowing way, 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 way down, down to about 20 miles per hour. And right at the very last minute, right before the deer, you know, right there, he turned. Just he just found himself going like this, turning into the other lane. His friend, they stopped. The deer, one of the deer, hit the car and just kind of rolled off, and then just went off. You know, nothing, nothing happened. The deer took off running. He was going slow enough. And right when his friend said, "Are you okay?" A huge mass massive semi came barreling past them like they didn't even notice anything that was going on. Would have totally crushed their car. Drew Medin is here today because he believes in God's protection. John Medin is here today because he believes in the protection of God. Shelly Ng is here today because they believe in the protection of God. How many know that what church you go to determines a world of difference? Jesus is faithful, and I'm going to leave you with this thought, and I want you to think about this. One of the greatest weapons that you and I have today is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. Redemption, that word means, to, it includes the ideas of loosing and from a bond, setting free from captivity or slavery, buying back something sold or lost, exchanging something in one's possession for something possessed by another in ransoming. There's one thing that we know that paid for you and me to experience life and life more abundantly that Jesus came to give us, and that is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. The Lord once said these words to me, Make much of the blood, and the blood will make much of you. I'm going to say that again, because I think you need to soak this in right now. Make much of the blood, and the blood will make much of you. Of you. It is what has separated us. It is that shield, it is that force shield that protects us and separates us from hell and Satan and all of his works. It is that blood, that precious blood, that paid the price for you to preserve your life, to protect your life, to prosper your life, to give you blessing and wholeness in eternal life. When you say, I plead the blood of Jesus, what you're doing is if you were going into the court system and you said, I plead guilty or I plead innocent, what you're saying is when I plead the blood of Jesus, what you're doing at the mercy seat of God Almighty is he's saying, I'm not perfect. I acknowledge that I didn't do everything right, but I plead the blood of Jesus because your son Jesus did make it right and made me right. Not only do we see Old Testament characteristics in this that talk about the life that is in the blood. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it reminds us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. You take the blood out and you have no life. That's why we still sing about the blood of Jesus. In verse 14, it goes on to say, it's blood is what it sustains our life. It's what sustains us life. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Remember what Abel's blood did? It cried out for what? Justice. Jesus' blood didn't only cry out for justice. It cried out that you are justified. That you are redeemed, that you are protected, that you are prospering, you are blessed, you are highly favored, you are forgiven, you are anointed, you are accepted, you are qualified, you are gifted, you are talented. God has chosen you to be a chosen generation, not because you were so holy or so good, but because Jesus was so good. And that's why we honor him. And that's why we honor his blood. is because you have the royal blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins today. You are forgiven. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new in Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 28 quotes Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. In the Old Testament, the people were instructed to draw a line of the blood of the lamb, small Small literal L, ba, you know, lamb. They were <laughs> instructed to put the blood around their doorposts. Now, that doorpost, they were instructed because it was a sacrifice that blood was shed for them to be atoned for their sins, not forgiven, but to be covered over their sins. And so that blood was covering over them. So when the destroyer came to steal, kill, and destroy, it could not get into Israel's houses. It could not get into their house. Now, if the blood of the lamb, protected them then, how much more did the blood of the Lamb, capital L-A-M-B, protect you and me today? It's that blood. Make much of the blood, and the blood will make much of you. Jesus said these words as he gave me a vision one time of seeing him on the cross with the blood coming out of his body, just pouring out of his body. As I saw him hanging on the cross, and he said these words to me, my greatest moment of weakness became your greatest moment of strength. Jesus' greatest moment of weakness became your greatest moment of strength. It's what gave you and me the victory. It's what separates us from darkness. It's what transferred you and I from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son's love. And when we plead the blood of Jesus, nothing can argue against the blood. It's what conquered Satan and all of hell. And when the blood is honored the most, The power will be the greatest in our life. I'll close with this story. There is this couple that had given their lives to the Lord Jesus. And after about two weeks of serving Jesus, being on fire for Jesus, she was given a dream, a holy dream, a very powerful dream. And her and her husband were in heaven. They were standing in the line going into the gates of heaven. And they were standing there as they were waiting to go through the line. There was Father Abraham standing there, and he was looking to the people that were standing in line, and said, what qualifies you to enter into heaven? And the first person standing there said, well, I've been teaching Boy Scouts for many years, and making boys a better, better person in life, to make our communities uh, a better place. And he said, that's good, but is there anything else? And he shared a few more good things that he had done while he was here on earth. And he said, that's good, but is there anything else? And he said, no. No. And he said, access denied, and the man walked away. There was a woman standing behind him. Father Abraham said, what qualifies you to come into heaven? And she said, I've been a Sunday school teacher for 30 years. And he said, that's good, but is there anything else? And she shook her head, there was nothing else. And he said, access denied, and she walked away. This husband and wife were getting very uncomfortable because they had been living as a hippie for all of their life until just two weeks prior. She was concerned, what am I going to say? And when it came to her turn, she walked up to Father Abraham and he said, what qualifies you to enter into heaven? And the first thing that came to her mind were these words, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And right at that, Father Abraham did this sweeping, open up the gates. And there was this grand entrance and a welcoming and acceptance of saying, come, come into heaven not based upon what she or her husband did right or wrong, but based upon what Jesus Christ has done right for you and me. If you receive this, would you say amen? Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your precious anointing that's in this place, destroying yokes, removing burdens, and causing us to see the truth. And the truth is what sets us free. We thank you for your amazing grace and your blessing and favor upon our lives. And Father, I'm asking... That today we would walk out of this place better off than when we first came understanding. It's that precious blood that's the most powerful weapon that we have here as Christians here on earth. It's what separates us from darkness. It's what's preserving us and protecting us and keeping us safe. Lord, we thank you from this day on. Whether we're talking about ourselves, talking about our children. When we plead the blood of Jesus. Or even before we turn the keys on in our car that we turn on the keys of life by saying, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this car, over the top, bottom, front to back, and side to side, and then we turn on the keys to the car. Lord, help us to remember the more we make of the blood, the more the blood will make of us. Help us to acknowledge that victory that has been won for us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We receive it today as your believers. Thank you for your protection, keeping us perfectly safe. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed just for a moment longer, if you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ or you need to recommit your heart to Jesus, today it would be my honor and my privilege to introduce you to my very best friend, and his name is Jesus. Whether you're watching online or you're here in person today, I would be honored to pray for you right where you're at. The Bible brings great news to us. In Romans 10, verse 13, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you haven't made that decision to accept Christ or you know in your heart your heart's not right with God and you're saying, Pastor, I want to get my heart right with God. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to recommit my heart to Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over this auditorium, if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me, would you slip up your hands all over this room? Just acknowledge and you want to accept Christ or recommit your life to the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much takes courage it takes confidence it takes faith to do this but this is what separates you from darkness you can put your hands down anyone else you're saying pastor pray for me too i want to accept christ or recommit my life to the lord jesus just a moment longer i know there ought to be others just a moment longer be praying saints there's someone else that god's waiting on right now their heart needs to get right with him something's not right in their lo- life i don't know if it's sin i don't know what it is but something's holding you back from the creator and his love and his relationship for you if that's you slip up your hand and put it right back down Thank you so much. Let's do this. Let's put a hand on our heart and pray with those that are making that quality choice and that decision today. Whether you're watching online, here in person, we want you to pray this prayer, but we want you to pray it from your own heart. I'll lead you in this prayer, but I want you to speak it from your own heart as we pray this prayer together to be an encouragement to those who are calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you. As my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend, thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.